Welcome to That Artist, a podcast where we talk about all things art. I'm your host, Danny, And I'm Michaela. And let's talk about what's going on in the art world this week. Hi, Danny. How was your week? Did you do anything artsy? I have. Actually, I've done a couple things. So I can't go too crazy into anything. Some of them are class projects. Some of them are personal projects. Some of them are business projects. But I've been dabbling a lot through the week i have decided that i am going to write a children's book wow yeah and i'm not gonna get into it yet because it's still at the very like early stages but once we get a little bit further along i'll mm-hmm. i'll drop deets um i also went and coffee stained and baked over 300 pages from an old book that picture that you posted did hurt me just a little bit but okay here I, let me you did say the book was already falling yes. apart so it's yes. okay yeah, I'm, I'm better about explain. it after knowing that. <laughs> yeah I had to put that in there because I have a lot of book lovers on both my Facebook page and most likely on here as well so I do want to disclose that this book had missing pages and by had missing pages I'm talking like a good portion of the book was missing Mm -hmm. and hardly any of the pages were even connected to the binding anymore it was gonna like it wasn't readable anymore so that's why it was gonna probably get thrown out anyway so you might as well have exactly exactly yeah and so i have a class project coming up and it's kind of the beginning of a new chapter within my art Mm -hmm. journey or what i'm doing is an avant-garde uh piece that is symbolizing some things that are kind of going on in the world right now and I don't want to disclose just yet but I will post it on the Instagram once it's done so um yeah so I'm working on that I'm making a ton of little paper roses um sorry not roses gardenias um take you forever which are significant oh my gosh it is taking (laughs) forever I did decide, so it was originally going to be a ton in, like, skirt form, Mm -hmm. but I decided to scale that back a little bit. So I'm not doing nearly as many, but it is still, it's going to take forever. I have no idea if I'm even going to be able to finish it in time, but I'll I'll send you the sketches. I think it'll be pretty cool if I can execute it the way that I want to, but I already have a model who's going to step in and uh let me photograph it too so i'll make sure to post it on the instagram for everybody to see i'm so excited yeah i got a lot of fun stuff going on so i have started some crafty things so my best friend's parents have their 25th wedding anniversary next month and she's mm-hmm. showing them a big party and i love my friend but she is not a crafty girl so she keeps <laughs> sending me things and be not like, everybody can yeah be. she's like I'm going to buy this. And I'm like, I can make that for so much cheaper. Do not buy that. And she's like, how? Mm -hmm. It's hard. I'm like, I got it. It's fine. DIY (laughs) stuff is my favorite. So we went and bought some supplies for that this weekend, although I haven't started it. And then um, another fun fact for our viewers, I am having a quarter life crisis. So (laughs) I am really going through it right now, guys. But a fun part of that is like trying to find an outlet to put 
uh, all these emotions in and also to just, you know, neglect all the decisions I'm supposed to be making during this quarter life crisis. I'm just not going to make those decisions and do other things instead to avoid emotions. Yeah. You know, we're all humans. We all do it. Yeah. But one of those ways is I've started writing my book again. I started writing a novel a year ago Uh um, during a manic episode. And then when I came out of said manic episode, I uh, was really exhausted and didn't have a lot of time and just kind of put it aside. And then, you know, life happened. And I never got back to that project. But it's always been my life goal to write a book. And I was like, you know what? I have all these emotions right now that why don't I just put these into the character of my books? (laughs) And maybe that will help me process some of these emotions. I don't know. We're just doing that. I also, this is probably my, um, you know, mental mental state uh i decided i want to start knitting or crocheting or something so if someone anyone it knows how to really do that, calming well i'm one of those people that i uh struggle when i'm not doing things mm-hmm. and some of these life choices that i'm trying to make right now are really emotionally heavy and i'm one of those people who i can't always be dealing with those emotions so i need to be doing something else instead Mm-hmm. and one way that I process my emotions is through my hands and I need to do something with my hands yeah. that's not just typing and so I thought mm-hmm. about knitting too because I'm also have ADHD and it's hard for me to like sit and watch tv sometimes and I was like man I could be getting maybe I'm just really um a worker bee and I'm like wow this is wasted time sitting here watching tv I don't know if I will this honestly let's be honest guys is is this a manic um hobby that i'm gonna pick up and then drop when i'm not manic i don't know but if anyone knows how to knit well then you know what it's not the most expensive hobby to start either so if it's yeah i feel like i could figure it out there's videos and stuff i'm gonna try (laughs) i'm gonna try i also think i'm gonna get a tattoo this weekend i'll let you guys know next week (laughs) <laughs> is that kind of creative? I'm help. Someone's creating art on my body, so I think that counts. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So, that's the only arts of things I've done this week. But yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Am I the asshole for calling out my friend for trying to pass off my art as hers? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> I don't even. You don't even have to read it. <laughs> well, well, let's find out. Let's oh, find yeah, out. Let's sorry, give her. I'm sorry. Yeah, let's. Friend benefited. Throw away because my friends know my Reddit. I, 24 male, am an artist. I do digital art most of the time and sometimes traditional. I've opened commissions here and there and have done some work for a few people. My friend, 22 female, who will call Beck, likes doing art too. She asks me if I make decent money with commissions and I told her yes, but only because I work a part-time job as well. She talked about becoming a full-time artist and some of our friends gave her support while others were too sh- weren't too sure about that decision. The next day I-, I received a message from one of my clients. They sent me a picture of an art commission I made for another client and I noticed my watermark was gone. The picture was flipped and the colors were changed. I asked where they got the picture and they sent me the link and it was Beck's Instagram. She posted the picture saying, quote, commissions open, DM me if interested. And I was pissed. Understandably. Just going to throw that out there. 
I decided yeah. to comment on her post and said, quote, I don't appreciate you scamming people out of their money and stealing my artwork. Please delete this. She ended up blocking me. I got a few messages from some of our friends saying I'm an asshole since I should have messaged her instead of commenting on her post and practically ruining her. Mm-hmm. While my other friends backed me up and told me that Beck got what was coming to her when she posted my artwork. I feel like this could have all been avoided if she hadn't posted my work and passed it off as hers, but at the same time, I feel like she deserved it. Am Mm -hmm. I the asshole? No, you're not the asshole. No. Like, I know that we've kind of talked about this. Yeah, I know that we've talked about this before, um, and I'm going to throw in my opinion, because I I let you kind of go on your little little tangent with it. So, I think it's absolutely ridiculous when people try to do that i had um on multiple occasions um ran into a similar issue when it came to um more not safe for work art Mm -hmm. um and it was never anything like um you know everything that i i have posted i have permission for and i have something signed saying that it's okay to post yeah. But I do a lot of what I would consider not safe for work art. I wouldn't say that it goes too far past that line, but some people may say otherwise. Everybody's perspectives are different. Hey, but I've seen your stuff and we both know that I take <laughs> way more nudie photos than you do. <laughs> They're but yeah, 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 yeah. I try really hard to not make it super raunchy just because that's not my style. If that's your style, photos. cool. Yeah, if that's your style, cool. I just don't want to sit there and deal with the backlash of, you know, people who aren't as much of that. Um, I'm trying to get that's better That's why we that. work so but well anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, um, you know, back on topic, I, I, I ran into an issue one time where it came out that somebody from Utah, I believe it was, it's been quite a few years, but somebody from, I believe, Utah area had stolen a ton of my photos and put them on their own website and they had like a a lock thing um on it to where it would be like albums but you would have to have a lock on it and get the password Mm, from them mm -hmm. to be able to view them but in order to do so you have to have a cover photo (laughs) so Mm. you can see them there and all you had to do was like ask for the password to see it I don't even know why they would put it on except for they didn't want to get caught or whatever reason it may be. Anyway, um, I had somebody, just a friend, uh, none of her photos were a part of it, but she reached out to me and she's like, hey, I've seen these on your page before, so I wanted to let you know. And there was some color changes, there, you know, like the flips, you know, whatever it may be to kind of come off as somebody else's work. Yeah. But, uh, but they were clearly mine. Like, it, it's people who don't live anywhere near Utah. Not saying that people don't travel for photography, because they do all the time. But it was 100% my work. And, um, yeah, it went through this whole thing. Luckily, they took everything down with a cease and desist. Um, and I just didn't have the mental capacity to deal with, like, an in-court thing, so I just let it go. Yeah. Um but I, you know, I've constantly had, um, for, for the longest time. And I think a lot of that was because I didn't go further with it and people took advantage of that. But, um, 
yeah, I, I, I have ran into that issue and it's infuri infuriating because you put so much heart and soul into art and then it get destroyed by trying to change it up enough that it won't get like, it won't get flagged as copyright. Yeah. And yeah, and so I could go on forever with this, but I'm not going to, but it, it's so difficult to, to, you know, kind of go out and do your own thing and that's where watermarks come in but as you know as all the photographers know out there watermarks are kind of like you know like their own their own thing that not a lot of photographers go for anymore mm -hmm. for various reasons so yeah I think don't do that that's a terrible thing to do um, and it just makes you look like a dick yeah hey guys don't be a that. shitty person and take other people's yeah. art yeah and especially it. when you're trying to make money off of it yourself. Yeah, sitting there and calling it yours and then trying to make money off of it. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't be that asshole. But. Well, uh, this week, <laughs> for. Wow, we really. This is a long intro. I'm so sorry, guys, because we still have to talk about our fundraiser. So, <laughs> it's Pride Month. <laughs> um. If you didn't know that, it's Pride Month still. And because of that, we are doing a really fun fundraiser that you can find over on our website, that Artist Productions. It'll be linked below, where we are selling limited edition merch. It's super cool. It doesn't necessarily have anything to do with, like, the That Artist brand. It's just, like, Pride-related. So if you guys don't want really anything that says, us like, our podcast on it, cool, because they don't... <laughs> Yeah, like I if mean, you just want something. There pride, are options. Yeah, yeah but if you want just something pride, mm -hmm. it's on there. But we're selling this limited yeah. edition merch to raise money for the Trevor Project, which is super important. If you don't know what the Trevor Project is, they are the world's leading crisis hotline for LGBTQ youth. Um, so all the money that we make from you guys buying this merch will automatically go to be donated to them. So we would really appreciate it if you guys would go over there and even just look at it and if you can't monetarily uh buy anything right now because you know money's tight even going on our social media and sharing the post so other people see it will like go a long way um mm -hmm. this will be going through the rest of the month which i mean is almost the end of june but we're not going to close it till after the fourth of july so hopefully um you can go and get something yeah. And speaking of Pride Month, this is our last Pride Month uh, episode, and I'm very excited for our guests today. Uh, they are a very important person to me. That's the best part of this podcast, is we get to meet new artists, but then I, we also get to highlight people that we are friends with, or uh, really look up to as artists, and Complete Moon is one of those people for me. They inspire me with just their... Uh, not only just them as an artist, but them as a person and how they hold themselves is really amazing. And I think you guys will all relate to them and their art. And they're going to be talking about being a drag performer, which I feel is something that everyone who's ever seen drag has so many questions about uh, mm -hmm. what be goes behind their art. So we hope that this is insightful and that you fall in love with Complete as much as we are in love with them. Yeah. Yeah, okay, um, Damien's going to take it from here, and we're going to go talk to Complete now. Okay, bye. Today we have Skylar on the show. Welcome to That Artist, Skylar. Hi, thank you. So can you tell everyone who you are and what you do? 
Well, my name outside of drag is Skylar, but in drag, I go by Complete Moon, and I am a full-time drag performer. I dance. People would say call they call me a little bag of ice. Uh, so technically, I just kind of throw myself around into little stunts, uh, cartwheels, roundoffs, splits, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, so I just travel across Iowa, Nebraska, Missouri, and entertain people pretty much. So how do you get these gigs, especially the ones out of state? Um, So a lot of the times it really varies on who you have connections with. Um, So doing these shows, you meet a lot of random people. And sometimes people will come up from the crowd and be like, hey, I'm a show director. I have this show out and wherever, and we'd love to have you a part of it. Um, And another part of it is like networking. So like social media and staying up on like posting where you'll be and uh clips of your videos photos of your looks and like reaching out to venues and being like hey my name is i'm from i'd love to be a part of a show sometime and then normally they'll reach out to you and be like well cool we have this show at this day this seems like your style maybe we can work something into it how did you get into drag and what about drag like attracted you to it so funny story the way i got into drag was uh spite actually Uh, (laughs) i was with my first boyfriend uh at the time i was still in high school a freshman and he was like you know you're way too feminine you're never gonna you know make it i was like ah watch this and so i played in makeup for about four years before i ever like actually got a gig and that gig came from another boyfriend who was also a performer in the Des Moines scene and they just threw me in and I mean the rest is really history I've been doing it for about a year and a half now um but what really attracted me once I like started learning and realizing what drag was was the fact that it was so freeing it Mm -hmm. wasn't something that i had to really worry about me like i could just be me and people love it i mean they hell they pay me to be half on stage most of the time so like they it's just like a free expression of who i am and it's wonderful what would you say the hardest part about drag is for me personally, it's the it's physically tiring. Um, I am always in pain after a show. I'm always complaining and whining that my body is on a hundred. Um, but it's also really mentally tiring. You meet a lot of people. You get a party. You get a hangout. I mean, that part is all great and all, but it also does come with its own backlash that really can take a toll on you mm-hmm. you do meet people that don't like what you do um you get protesting you get name calling uh even physical assault i mean hell even sometimes death as sad as it is yeah have you ever had to face those problems yourself oh most certainly um <laughs> i was actually just this last month featured on KCCI, Des Moines Register, Iowa Standard, uh, 
Ben Shapiro, Candace Owens. Um, I performed at a Ankeny high school and there was a lot of backlash from it. Um, parents went to Twitter, Facebook, everything, calling me a groomer, calling me a pedophile, all kinds of foul things. And it blew up. It just took everyone by storm. We had people reaching out daily, calling all the performers who performed absolutely vile names and uh, sharing all kinds of photos and videos from our pages, trying to target us. And it wasn't a great experience, but at the same time, publicity is publicity. So like, <laughs> do. yeah, I, it's so sad when you see things like that happening because to me, drag is one of the most, like that community is one of the most accepting communities and it is a very safe place. And if anything, you would think it'd be great for kids to see that represented or see themselves represented because they may have not known that that was a possibility for them. And to people to turn something so loving and creative into something so hateful is terrible. Yeah, it it is extremely foul to see so many parents of the children because as we know you know children don't always go to their parents with everything they do mm -hmm. um, and we meet a lot of kids that are like hey yeah i can't tell my parents i can't tell my family but like this is who i am and i appreciate you but then you see those same parents saying those vile things and you just wonder how you know what are they going through at home because like this is yeah. their day life talking about acceptance is your family and friends pretty supportive or do you have people in your life who don't quite understand why you do what you do? My family is immensely supportive. Uh, at first it was a little rocky. Um, I come from Southern Iowa, real small town, real everything like that. And so at first it was a little weird. Um, they didn't understand what being gay was. Mm -hmm. uh, at the time I identified as being gay and then when I came out as a drag queen that was a total different ballpark you know they had to look at their son and be like you like dressing in women's clothing dancing on stage and collecting dollar bills the math isn't mathing and so <laughs> you know it all came to terms uh, they now come to my shows they're extremely supportive uh, all of my extended family is pretty supportive as well. And friend-wise, I don't really surround myself with any sort of negative energy like that. I mean, if mm -hmm. they don't support me, that's cool. There's the door. If you do, I love you. You're welcome. So coming off for, in the area we are in right now, it was Pride weekend. So you had a very busy weekend. Would you like to tell our guests or not our guest, our audience, about what it is like to be a drag queen during Pride. I'm going to start out with saying, as fun as it is, it's hell. It is chaotic. Um, it's 90 degrees. You're mm -hmm. in wigs, outfits, padding, tights. Your feet are bleeding. Uh, performers like me, your body just hurts. But with that negative, oh my God, I'm going through it mentality, Mm -hmm. It's such a wonderful experience because you got hundreds of people out and about, like showing who they are, and you get to see so many smiles, so many children, so many mm -hmm. parents, really. And 
as a performer, I know from my perspective, excuse me, um, it is so wonderful to go out and see so much love and support. And this year, I didn't see not one protester, not one hate comment, not nothing. It was just a weekend full of love and support other than the weather. That was extremely homophobic. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy hot this weekend. Oh, I don't know you, what you guys used to keep your face on the whole time, but I was sweating so much. I'm impressed on how well all your makeup can stay on. <laughs> Behind the scenes, a lot of us were like, we'd get off stage and then we'd immediately run to wherever we were getting ready. And we'd immediately like flip open our cases and like redo <laughs> our whole face with like powders. And then we go back out looking the same as we did. But in reality, we had like 13 pounds of makeup on our face by the end of the day. <laughs> I'm sure. How many shows did you do this weekend? Um, I believe I did five or six, give mm -hmm. or take kind of blurry um but i believe five or six yeah so you not only perform you also help um host shows would you like to talk a little bit about like what that experience is like uh yeah so i host a all ages show at the garden every third mm -hmm. sunday of the month and that show is my baby like that is my i've worked so hard to get it and i'm working so hard to keep it but what it is, is it's a show for the youth of the community. Anyone under the age of 21 is able to not only come watch it, but also perform in it. So mm -hmm. it's a experience for them to be able to go out, express themselves and do what they want. Comedy, drag, uh, singing, whatever it may be. We like to bring it all in for the community. Hosting a show is a lot. I'm sure you guys understand. Um, it's a lot of work behind the scenes. It's chaotic during, um, a lot of it's a blur. You don't remember a majority of it the next day, except for the photos and videos. But at the end of the day, it is such a fulfilling thing to do, to give back to the youth. Cause you know, I myself am still technically a minor being 20. Um, so giving them a safe haven to be able to come in for a few hours and see people like them on the stage or put them on the stage is just a wonderful thing. It's so heartwarming to do. What is it like working with the youth of the community and helping them grow into their own person, What, no matter what that may be? So helping them, it's kind of like being a parent without them being your child. You grow really attached to them. Uh, you watch them from the start to the finish. Um, you watch, uh, So I know for myself, I've watched people come in and they come in super shy. They have no confidence. They totally are just down on themselves. Like they feel like they have no place in being there. And then by the third or second time, you kind of start to watch their confidence spike and then by the fifth and sixth time, they are just out there having the best time of their life. Mm -hmm. And it is so wonderful to watch it because I know for me, I was them at one point. I started really young. I come from a small town. And so being able to be the person that I wanted growing up is so nice because I know at the end of the day, they're going to go home and be like, I can do this. They mm -hmm. are like me. 
I can get, I can be them one day. So looking back, how did you create your persona of Complete Moon? And how did you create this version of yourself and pick the name? So creating Complete was just kind of like walking into a chemistry lab and grabbing six or seven vials with no labels and just going, hmm, this will be good. <laughs> uh, it truly was just a blend of everything. I like to gender bend a lot. With my character, it really isn't a she, it really isn't a he. It's kind of just in the middle. I like people to look at me and go, why am I so sexually confused right now? <laughs> that is every time I see you perform. My like bi panic comes out and I'm like, this is so much. I don't, I can't, and my brain can't comprehend it. <laughs> no, and that's my favorite thing to do is just be that weird in-between character. Um, when I started, I was this like punky rock, like I only did heavy metal and like blood filled numbers. Then I started branching out. Now I'm kind of hitting that. Oh, wait, I'm kind of pretty. Like <laughs> I can do this kind of thing. Choosing the name. That was a task. Um, I started out as complete chaos, uh, both with K's because, you know, <laughs> you that little over extra. But I started performing as Complete Chaos, and about six months in, uh, my now drag partner, Vlad Moon, reached out to me and was like, hey, I want you to take the name. And in the drag world, we have what we call families, which is much like your normal families. Um, we all are there to support each other. We help with outfits, makeup, performance, yada, yada. And when he reached out i did a show with him and we did this like debut number for complete moon and it was like a in introduction to the world and basically the way i was born is complete moon is uh, a blood-filled number of like vampiric like sex style <laughs> gore and well here I am. <laughs> How, if in any way at all, has Complete done to help you find yourself as Skylar and vice versa? So as Skylar, I'm not the most confident person. You know, I'm very in the corner and man, don't look at me. Don't talk to me. But Complete is this character that when I go out, I am absolutely untouchable. You cannot tell me anything. I am the moment. I will continue to be the moment and no one can stop me. Um, growing up in a small town, I didn't really have the time to play with gender and play with my sexuality and learn who I was as a person. And I moved to Des Moines about, I think, two months ago. And it really just picked up. Like I have been performing almost every week, every weekend. I'm pretty sure every week I, since I've moved here, I have been performing and it's really helped me break my mold as a person. Um, I'm more comfortable with my gender identity. I'm a lot more fluid than what I used to be. I really don't care what I wear, how I act, what I do. And as of like sexuality wise, uh, for years, uh, Five and a half years, I identified as just a gay male. And I was like, ah, yeah, no, 
I only like men. Like, no way I'm ever going to like women. And then I met Michaela and <laughs> Frankie, uh, also goes by Carmela, um, all kinds of people that I was like, wait a damn minute, something's <laughs> not right here. And I was like, you know what? I don't really like labels. And so I don't really call myself gay, bi, pan. Um, I, I more identify on the queer spectrum. Mm-hmm. I'm into what I'm into. Mm-hmm. And it helped me learn with my gender that it I'm more fluid. You know, complete has been that person that I wanted growing up. Someone that was going to help me figure out who I was outside of everything. Yeah. It's crazy. So- I'm, I'm taking over. Sorry, I have comment that has to do with this. Um, <laughs> it is crazy to think that you've only lived here for two months because you and I met the weekend that you moved to Des Moines. And yeah. I knew you for about two weeks before that, just watching you be a performer. And I saw you for the first time and I was like, I want to be friends with them. I was like, I love them. There's something about them. I want to be friends with them. And I weaseled my way in through <laughs> Carmela. And I was like, we're friends now. And it's also crazy to think because in case the guests have listened, or not the guests, the audience have listened to all the episodes, um, they may remember when I talked about my friend who did a drag pageant. And that was you. So this is it like, was me. is it when you're, um, is there a difference or could you explain the difference, I guess, for our audience between a drag show and preparing for a drag show versus preparing and doing a pageant cool so for preparing for a drag show it's a lot more lax um we all kind of go into the dressing room we normally will like message each other and be like hey i'm gonna be at the club at this point see you there and we all kind of go in the dressing room and we laugh we make jokes we dance to music um and we just take our time getting ready and just getting into that zone because with performing, you you got to get into your headspace because you go from your day life to walking up into the club and you got to be this over-the-top glamorous personality. And so we all kind of, you know, hype each other up like, ooh, girl, I love that wing. Ooh, girl, I love that eye. And it's just like a bonding moment. Mm-hmm. A pageant, on the other hand, that's a nightmare. No one wants to be talked to. Don't touch me. Don't look at me. Um, Why did you just step on my dress? Now I got to get that out. I only have five minutes to get ready. It's a lot more hectic. Tensions are high. Most of the time you're with the other contestants in a pageant. Mm -hmm. And so you're kind of like, oh, I like their outfit. But is that going to top mine? What can I do to elevate mine in the next 30 seconds? That way I can win and with any competition i mean i'm sure you guys have done a little race back in like high school on like field and track day Mm -hmm. uh you're competitive you want to win and it's no different in a pageant you want to win you want to be the best of the best and so instead of a i mean while there's still camaraderie and sisterhood like we still will help each other out at the end of the day there's a lot more tension and I got to focus on me before I can focus on you kind of vibe. Excuse me. And so it's just really two different worlds within one world, if that makes sense. Yeah. So does the tension only stick within the confines of the pageant or has it ever 
cause drama outside of the pageant? <laughs> uh, drag itself is drama. Like there is not a day someone's not bickering with someone because they took my wig or they stole my man or uh, their performance was better than mine. So I'm going to be bitter. Um, and with a pageant, it's no different. Like you come out of there and you're a little bitter, especially if you lose, um, you know, I placed third place in my pageant and I told myself no matter what the outcome, I wasn't going to be angry. I was going to be fine. Um, and as Michaela can contest, I walked off stage and my face was just stone cold. Um, I came upstairs taking photos with people. I turned into a big baby and started crying. Uh, when people hugged me, I had to be like, get off me because I'm going to start losing it. And that normally will carry over for a little bit. Some people it eventually will boil over and it'll be like, ah, good game kind of vibe. But others, it, it'll carry for a while, and it may ruin friendships that were long-term. I watched it happen where two people were super close, competed in a pageant together. The one person beat the other one, and they no longer associate. So, I mean, it's sad, but true. So, shifting the conversation a little bit, I want to talk, talk about the artistic side of the makeup of drag can you tell us a little bit about how um you can use like creative skills to do that and how you change your makeup up for every performance and you know use that creativity right um so every show is different sometimes there's themes sometimes there's not and for me i'm not an artistic person like if you hand me a piece of paper and a pen and tell me to draw something it's not gonna work i can barely draw a stick figure like it, it just does not, it's not my gig. Um, but with makeup, there's something about it that it's like so different with everyone. It's just like any other art form. Um, my character, my paint is a little more clown-like sometimes. Like I got a really big eye. My eyebrow goes halfway up my forehead. My liner touches my temples. But for some people, it, they're more feminine presenting and they want to look feminine. And then there's people that outdo me and literally paint like a clown. One of my good uh, performing friends, Amanita Queen, uh, whew, that is clown tea. And I love it. It's wonderful. But with the artistic expression, you learn to mold. So let's say I'm in a show that is all like emo and goth themed. We will paint purples, blacks, dark over-the-top black liner, smudgy. Um, and then sometimes we'll do this thing where it's like pop princess and you'll paint like pinks and, you know, softer tones. And then sometimes, I mean, we'll just paint wildly. Like sometimes I add little, uh, I like to call them LSD swirls because they're just <laughs> bright colors just flowing down my face. Um, so with each show, it just comes with a different mindset i guess like you just sit down you zone out and then go ah this is what i got mm -hmm. i do think you need to give yourself a little more credit because you said you're not a creative person but makeup's different not everyone is good at makeup like that is a creative thing it's like painting but on your face i was gonna say i would not say i'm a skilled person with makeup and also makeup is hard because every face is different 
what you can do on your face can't be done on other face shapes and so on. And it takes time and practice to uh, figure out what works for you and what looks best on you. And I mean, don't even get me started on like, there's a whole color theory with makeup too. So you are much more artistic than you give yourself credit for. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Um, so I'm not sure if it was asked yet, um, just because I had to step out because my three-year-old, um, but have you done a performance that has just taken the top of the cake for you as the best performance that you have done so far? I, so me personally, I do like numbers so many times throughout the week that I'm always like, ah, this was the number. This was the number, you know, constantly. But I would definitely have to say, uh, I did a show out in Omaha and it was my first time ever out there. And I, it was like one of my first times doing a really heavy metal band called In This Moment. And it was probably my still favorite performance I've ever done. It was just one of those that I was in the moment. I was the lead singer of that band. You could not tell me differently. <laughs> and everything felt right. The crowd support, the energy from them, from me. I mean, I jumped off of a, uh, like, so there was a staircase. You had to walk up and you got to the back of the stage. And I got a running head start and, like, launched myself off of it and slammed my head off the stage. But I didn't even realize I slammed my head off the stage. Like, that was how good the number was going. Yeah, I, I definitely think that's the one that tops it for me. <laughs> Did you get any in injuries from that or were you okay? No, that was pre-injury complete. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had any other mishaps on stage since then or beforehand? Or was that the like, one isolated time never had it happen? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very accident prone. Um, <laughs> I performed Super Freak once. And I went to do what we call a helicopter split, which is where you spin your body while jumping and then just slam into a split and i went to do it my heel slipped and i fully landed full body weight on my right shoulder and completely knocked it out of place mm. so for the rest of the three minute number i was just dangling my arm around still <laughs> performing and another incident is i also gave myself a concussion on stage that's what i was hinting at there that's why i thought yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i uh, uh what song i don't remember what i was performing but I went to do one of my splits and I threw myself in the air and I brought my hands up to my head thinking, oh, I have time to like be dramatic and then catch myself. Gravity had different intentions with me. <laughs> and I met the stage real closely. Um, it actually hate crimed me at that moment. <laughs> and I went the next day and did another show and was like, wow, I really feel really bad like i feel like i'm gonna pass out uh, i kept throwing up like i'd have to run and go throw up and come back um went to the doctor the next day and they were like you gave yourself a concussion what did you do and i was like let me just show you because i got a good feeling on what i did <laughs> <laughs> i was at that performance that you gave yourself a concussion we weren't friends yet but i saw it and then i remember hearing we the, that weekend i think is when we met and you're like yeah i have a concussion i was like yeah. that tracks. i saw your head hit that stage and i was concerned for you i oh go ahead sorry no, you're good i fully remember 
the moment I like nailed my head on the stage because I thought I played it off so slick. I was like, no one noticed. There's no way. And I watched back the video and I mean, you could have been in the back of the room and <laughs> no first I like it was very apparent. So we talked about your um, how many shows you did this weekend for Pride, but would you how many how often do you do performances like on a week to week basis? How many would you say you average every week? Um, truthfully, it really depends. Uh, normally, I would say about three to four shows about a week. Um, luckily, it's like at the end of the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so most bars like Monday and Tuesdays like our days off. But then, like, once Wednesday hits, it's kind of like a straight shot from there. Um, I do a lot of Wednesday shows, and I do a lot of weekend shows as well. So probably about three to four, give or take. Yeah. So you've been doing this for a year and a half. Yes. Have you always started off doing three or four shows a week, or is that something that's progressed as you've become more established in the drag community? That is definitely something that is established. Uh, Mm -hmm. When I started, I maybe did one performance a month, um, if I was lucky. Uh, I did my first show October 24th of 2020, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, And after that, I did not perform for six months. Um, It is definitely something that you have to work because show producers don't look at the new people most of the time and go, oh, I need them for this weekend. Like, they have to be put in. There's a lot of work that goes into it. Stage presence, outfits, look-wise. And then for, like, performing aspect of it, like, you got to get comfortable with the stage. You eventually have to learn how to interact with the crowd. Um, you got to learn how to handle being manhandled by drunk white straight women that come in for bridal shows um those are what we call the drag nightmares they are horrible michaela you have definitely experienced it you have been there um so it it is a work in progress kind of thing and even now i'm still getting more and more booked like it's just it's me building is drag something that you're able to do full-time without another job right now? Or do you have another job? And is that the end goal, to be able to make your full income off drag? Or is it something you just want to keep more as, like, a hobby? So right now I am in between jobs. Um, but Pride season, you can make you can do it full-time, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I made $750 this weekend. So, like, just off of two days' worth of work. But... If you aren't a very established performer, then it really is hard to do full time. Yeah. Because most of the time you're doing a tip spot, you got to hope that the crowd pays well. And I mean, you have shows where you leave with only making $4. Mm-hmm. But then you have other shows where you leave making 100 plus. Um, the end goal, yes, I do want to take this as far as I possibly can. This is what I absolutely love to do. I mean, uh, this is my version of a workaholic. Like at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm not going out. I'm not performing. And then like 20 minutes later, I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this. Like I'm going to go get thrown into this show real quick. Mm-hmm. So does most of the money you earn from your shows, are those mostly just from tips or do you get paid to perform within certain shows or how exactly does that work? So with certain shows, there is a thing called show pay. Um, Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not, you know, it really just depends on the booking fee. 
when you travel out of state, it's normally about a hundred dollars um, to just show up and be there. But a lot of the times it's 25 to $75, give or take somewhere in there. Um, most of the time, what we take away is tips. Um, so it really all does fall down onto hoping that the crowd pays well, because while yes, I may be getting paid $75 to be there those people in the crowd that are tipping big dollars, you know, twenties, whatever that really racks up at the end of the day. And so a lot of our income is the crowd. You guys hear that? Tip your performers. Don't be assholes. Always tip your performers. I, I have no money. I'm a broke 23 year old and I give everyone at least a one when you go out. It really, it doesn't, it's not that much. A one, I want once add up guys okay just you don't be that asshole in food like quite oh. frankly you tip me in a chicken nugget i'm probably i, <laughs> I have seen someone tip in a um crunch rack supreme and that drag queen was the happiest i'd ever seen oh yeah i mean so there's another question because i'm sure a lot of the audience um is wondering this do you keep most of that money or does it go back into drag because i'm sure like makeup wigs costumes everything like that really adds up so how much like do you even really see most of that money or does it all go right back so a lot of my money does go back into drag Mm -hmm. Uh, it like you said it's very expensive it all adds up costumes are not cheap makeup is definitely not cheap and at the end of the day when i make a hundred dollars i'm like ah sweet but I ripped my outfit, I broke my heel, I put a hole in my tights. So now I got to go and do that. Um, a lot of it does go into that. Uh, for the performers that like to drink, a lot of their money somehow just disappears by the end of the night because, well, they're drunk in the corner. <laughs> um, so as much as I'd like to say I, I keep a lot of the money, I, I don't. Mm-hmm. For those who haven't had the opportunity to see a show yet, would you mind describing what a typical night looks like for both performers and for the audience? Oh, absolutely. So when it comes to a drag show, we have drag kings, drag queens, uh, people that just go by drag performer. And for us performers, it's normally two to three numbers and they're about five minutes, give or take. And we go out there and we dance on the stage. We'll come out, interact with you in the crowd. Uh, Normally after the show, you can find us wandering around for a little bit, still in full gig, uh, taking pictures, talking, socializing, and promoting other shows. On the crowd aspect of things, like I've obviously been in the crowd enough to know, it's a little chaotic. Um, (laughs) You kind of sit there for a while and we have this thing called drag time. You know, a show is promoted to be starting at 8 o'clock. It's probably going to start at 8.30, 8.40. Uh, <laughs> definitely contest for that. Yeah, I'm never worried about being late. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> we like to talk in between sets a lot, too. So even if it's only six performers, two numbers apiece, I promise that show is going to feel like forever. Yeah. Uh, but it's great. You meet so many people on both ends of the spectrum, both crowd and performer. You meet so many new people. Uh, you get to just forget your life for a second. Like you can go in there and just have a good time and watch 
these performers dance around in these flashy costumes or throw themselves around for your entertainment. Um, it's just a overall, it's a wonderful experience. I always will recommend it. And following that, a lot of people only know of like drag queens, mm -hmm. but like kings have their own shows too. And their shows are just as entertaining, if not more. Normally a king has an actual concept and like a full presented look and well thought out process. Um, in Des Moines, one of the show directors, Jack Frost, he runs his own Kingdoms Comes uh, show. I don't remember which Sunday, but it's it's in there somewhere. You can find it. And the Kings always turn it out. I always have probably more fun at the King shows than I do at a normal show. The energy is just different. They have, like I said, a concept, a theme. It's overall entertaining. I think Michaela has been to a few King shows as well. I love Kings. They are so high energy. And obviously, like, I love all drag performers, but drag kings just have like a different level of energy and like the all the body roles that they do. Once again, I'm I think this is just showing that I'm just really bi and that I can't like I'm attracted to anyone who's on the stage. I'm like, wow. But it's just it's memorizing. They have such a just aura about them when you see them. I agree. So we talked about the art of the makeup that goes in the drag, but let's talk about it all as a creative process as a whole. How do you choose outfits? How do you pair your outfits and makeup to all your performances? Like what work goes into creating this performance, picking the song, figuring out how you're going to dance, or do you just wing it every night? Um, so a lot of the times we know what show we're booked for. And what I do personally is I will hit shuffle on my music for like three hours and whatever just feels right i'm like okay this is what i'm gonna do if there's not a theme um and then when you pick your song that's how i start i mm -hmm. pick my song and then i go okay well how do i want to look like what's the vibe with this music is it punky is it demure is it sexual sensual like all these different characteristics that can be leveled into it and as Michaela knows, she's seen my suitcase. It's a nightmare, uh, mm -hmm. including my closet. Like I have so many different costumes. And a lot of the times it's just like waking up in the morning and going, hmm, what am I going to wear today? Because there are so many different outfits that can fit into one number. Mm -hmm. You kind of got to lay it all out and then go, okay, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Um, the creative process that comes with it is individual. You know, everyone's different. Uh, me and another performer can perform the same song on different days and have two total different performances. Uh, Carmela and I have both done Slumber Party. Mm -hmm. It was a metal remix. Her outfit was like burlesque and like pink and cute. And mine was some assless leather chaps and a leather jacket. Uh, we both took it two different directions. And so with each person comes a different thought process and a different way of viewing it. Yeah. So in case our audience doesn't know, um, do drag performers only get booked for like bars or are there other kind of events that you guys do as well? Oh, we are booked in some of the weirdest places. 
<laughs> we have done shows in churches. Um, I've performed in an alley before. Uh, don't know how I ended up in an alley, but I ended up there. Um, convention centers. Um, there are just hotels even. You know, mm-hmm. whatever there or wherever there is that they're requesting drag, we'll normally go. Yeah. Outside of performances and events, does Complete make an appearance? Um, in my everyday personality, Complete is still in there. Uh, like I said, as Skylar, I'm a little bit more laid back, a little bit more calm. Complete has a temper, and that temper definitely comes over into Skylar sometimes, especially when I'm, like, exhausted. And so, like, Complete will eventually, you know, peek her little head out and kind of take over for a second. But most of the time, I try to keep my two personalities separated because mm-hmm. they really are two different people. Um, what advice would you give to someone who is wanting to take their first step into drag? Just do it. Don't hesitate. Because the longer you sit there and go, well, I could do this. Well, maybe if I waited or maybe I'm not good enough, you're just going to keep doing that. I've been doing it for a year and a half and I still every show get extremely nervous and freak out as if I haven't done the same number six times in a row. <laughs> um, my biggest, biggest, biggest thing for people that want to do it is just have fun. The moment you stop having fun with it is when it becomes a job. Like you don't want to go do it. You're bored. You're doing the same thing over and over. It no longer is a source of joy but more it just feels like a requirement Mm -hmm. no hobby should ever feel like a requirement it should be an outlet for them to express and have fun so even if somebody does make it a job do you see it as two different two different i guess just two different things if you look at it from a hobby perspective to a job perspective Do you feel that those who do decide to take it on as like a full-time job, do you think that they are able to kind of still find that fun within it, within it? Or do you just think it's more straightforward? I have to do this so then I can put food on the table. For some of us, when it does become a job, it does become that motive of, well, this is my life. This is how I make my money. Uh, rent's due in six days and I got to make $200 by the end of this night. Um, And that's when it kind of just doesn't feel great anymore. Um, I've watched performers burn out and completely hate what they do because they get in that mentality. Like right now I'm doing it as a job and I Mm -hmm. still go into it as, well, I'm just going out to party for the night. Because if I go into it with that headspace, then at the end of the night, it doesn't feel like I clocked in for an eight-hour shift. Mm -hmm. It just feels like I went out for a night of fun. Obviously, with any creative endeavor or anything artistic, there's highs and lows in it. There's times where you feel like you're doing your best, and there's times where you're like, "Mm, that performance wasn't great. Or even like, you know what, I feel like shit, I don't want to be here, blah, blah, blah. How do you deal with those lows and trying to stay positive and be like, you know what, I'm still going to go out there and try to get my best performance, though? So a big part of it is community. Like, Mm -hmm. we are all a big family. And 
having that support system around you when you hit that low of, I don't want to do this today is really nice because they're there to be like, girl, you got this, like, shut up. You got this, you know, you're going to turn it out. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of it also goes into the crowd. Like I've said a million times when I round that corner and that crowd just lights up and it's just nothing but screams to the point where I don't even, I can't hear my music. I don't even know what I'm doing at that point. That those are the moments that make you go, okay, this isn't that bad. I can do this. And then by the end of it, you're just so lost in the moment. It no longer matters. What do you do on nights that the crowd just isn't, isn't vibing with you? Cause I've been some, out some of those shows where the crowd's not feeling it. And now I'm like, okay, I'm going to yell because I need people to yell with me because this is too low energy. Do you try to make the performance bigger and better to get their attention? Or do you just kind of be like, you know what, tonight's just obviously not the best. Right. Um, Sometimes I will try to just up it. I'm like, all right, they're not enjoying this. Well, let's try this. And so Mm -hmm. I'll do a different stunt or I'll dance more or I'll try to go out there and be like, you know, dance with them. And, you know, when you're not getting that feedback back, I mean, as a performer, it's like, why the hell am I doing this? Like, they're not entertained. I'm irritated. Why don't I just leave the stage? But at the end of the day, it's, all right, cool, push through the number. Personally, no matter the size of the crowd, no matter the energy of the crowd, I'm going to give you the same thing I'd give 100 people. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, you still came to see a show. Yeah. That's a good, like, mentality to have about it. Right. So, unfortunately, we are at our time limit for this right now. But would you like to tell everyone where they can find you and everything like that, if they're interested? Absolutely. So across most platforms, it's just Complete Moon, uh, K-O-M-P-L-E-T-E-M-O-O-N. You know, it's a little fancy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Instagram is my boy name. So just Skylar Barning. It'll pop up Complete Moon. It's really easy to find me. I'm a little bit of everywhere. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, wait. Okay. Also, obviously, you have a lot of performances um, all the time. But are there some, like, staple places where, like, if they want to find you, they could probably find you at a show at one of these places? Absolutely. Uh, Most weeks, you can find me at the Garden on Wednesday nights at 10 p.m. They do a little open stage there. Every third Sunday of the month, I do run my own all-ages show, also at the Garden. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I pop out to Iowa City and I'll do a little weekend show there. But it's stable to say most of the times you can find me at the garden. <laughs> it's a good place to find a it lot is. of people. Yeah, I love it there. Okay, well, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. If you'd like to keep up with the That Artist podcast off air, you can find us all over social media on Facebook at thatartist.fb on Instagram at thatartist.ig, and on TikTok at thatartist.tiktok. Awesome. And if you are interested in applying to be a part of the That Artist podcast as a guest and share your art and your love for art, you can email us at thatartistpodcast at gmail.com. Um, okay, yeah, and then, bye. wait, wait, no, no, oh, I'm not oh, done yet. Sorry, I'm sorry. sorry. And if sorry. you like to help us raise money for the trevor project you can go over on our website it is that artist productions it's under the pride fundraiser and you can get everything over there okay that's it now we now we can okay. do the outro okay bye, okay, bye.